reason we started this podcast to begin with was because of our love for everything weird. For 2013, having all of this information, this technology at your hands, I don't know. It's just very, very strange. In this episode of The Brothers Grimm, Jeremy discusses the mysterious case of Elisa Lamb. All three of us, Joey, Brian, myself, we all love true crime. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been listening to it on podcasts. We've been consuming it in YouTube videos. We've been watching series about it. And the reason we started this podcast to begin with was because of our love for everything weird, I guess is the best way to put it. True crime, paranormal, strange coincidences, all that stuff. But sometimes when you're looking through stories and when you're hearing things, something just grabs you about a certain story, Uh, whether it's the circumstances surrounding a a disappearance or the fact that it's still unsolved or just the sheer complexity of a case uh, sometimes can be what draws you in. I know for me, I love watching, you know, investigation discovery and all those shows that have multiple episodes that follow the same case because sometimes they're just so big mm-hmm. and uh and while this particular story does not require multiple episodes it was one that kind of grabbed me as kind of living in that true crime slash paranormal world at the same time those are usually the best in my opinion yeah for sure i like the i like the uh, stories especially the true crime stories that like kind of lay into the creepy side of things uh, I think that anytime it, it unsettles you then that, that those are the kind of stories that I'm, I'm drawn to and seeing as this is our season one finale episode mm. which side note thank you to all the listeners that joined us uh, this season it's been exciting this is our first foray into this Yeah, we've had a blast doing it uh, we hope you guys have enjoyed listening to it uh, but As our finale, I figured we would do a story that lives in both worlds. Mm. This is the mysterious case of Elisa Lamb. So Los Angeles may not be the first place that comes to mind as far as ghost stories go. Nonetheless, Hollywood has a long history of tragedy. The Cecil Hotel, for one, has seen a litany of disturbing incidents. The alleged hauntings date all the way back to the hotel's opening in 1927, and it boasts 16 murders, suicides, and countless other horrific events. It's been the setting for notable murders such as the actress Elizabeth Short, also known as the Black Dahlia. It's even housed some of the most famous or infamous, depending on your word, American serial killers in the 20th century. Sounds like a lovely place to stay. I know. Book me a room, right? Right. I'll have the presidential. In 1934, Army Sergeant Louis D. Borden slit his own throat with a razor while staying at the hotel. Less than four years later, Roy Thompson, no relation, of the Marine Corps, jumped off the roof and his body was found beside a neighboring building. In September 1944, 19-year-old Dorothy Purcell woke up with stomach pain, entirely unaware that she was about to give birth. She threw her baby out the window and was subsequently institutionalized. And so it's not actually at the hotel itself. 
it's just in the surrounding area. Oh, no, this is all happening hotel. inside the hotel. Inside the hotel, okay. Yeah, so all these occur- occurrences are happening on the grounds or in the actual hotel. Gotcha, okay. In 1962, 65-year-old George Giannini was taking a walk past the Cecil when the falling body of a 27-year-old woman who'd leapt out of the hotel's ninth floor killed him. So not only did this woman jump out of the ninth floor to kill herself, but she killed Giannini in the process. That's highly unfortunate. Wrong place, wrong time. (laughs) Right. For sure. Exactly. No more strolls outside. According to the nonprofit Public Media Group of Southern California, locals began calling the hotel the suicide shortly after. Serial killer known as Richard Ramirez, otherwise known as the Night Stalker, used the hotel as his temporary home in the 1980s where he rented a room on the top floor. Austrian serial killer Jack Unterweger briefly lived in the Cecil as well. Additionally, it served as inspiration to the screenwriter and horror extraordinaire Ryan Murphy as he based one of the seasons of American Horror Story Hotel on the Cecil. So you've uh, you're kind of covering several topics this with this episode. You're hitting all three of our categories. Yeah, and it just allows for a different episode later on to yeah. be branched off of this one. This is yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, the launching point. Like I said, this hotel is infamous for its activity, but few incidences at the hotel, however, compare to what happened to 21-year-old Elisa Lamb. Elisa was a college student at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver and was headed on a West Coast trip alone on January 26, 2013 via an Amtrak train from San Diego to Santa Cruz, California. She made a pit stop in L.A. and decided to check into the Cecil Hotel and was due to check out on January 31st, but never did. Her family, already wary that she was alone, decided to call the LAPD. Cops searched the hotel but could not find Lamb anywhere on the premises. Authorities then decided to review the surveillance footage and realized that Lamb had stepped into an elevator on the day of her disappearance. In the footage, Lamb can be seen acting strangely as she steps into the elevator and begins pressing every button on the panel. She eventually pokes her head out to see who's in the hallway and does that a few times until she decides to walk out completely. The last of the video shows her standing by the left side of the door waving her hands and making random gestures. She's not seen talking to anyone and is the only one captured on the tape. Now the video made its rounds on the internet and amassed tens of thousands of views as many found her behavior equal parts strange and chilling. So can we find this video still today online? Yeah, absolutely. It's on YouTube. That's where I watched it. And what we'll do is we will uh, post the link in our blog post of this episode on the website so that our listeners can experience the same chilling video that we got to see. Yeah, like just trying to visualize this in my head, like seeing this lady go into this elevator, kind of say, bye, see you later. And then last time anybody's ever seen her, anything like that. It's crazy. It's strange just to watch her acting erratic, almost like she's running and looking and hiding from something. Hmm but nothing is ever visible hmm. on the tape. Does she go to any other floors? No, it's just her riding the elevator. She doesn't, like, hit any numbers? Well, she does. She hits every button on the panel. Oh, weird. If you're trying to run from somebody, why would you hit every art, something? Why would you hit every button on the panel? Well, that's what's strange. It just seems like she's unhinged. Something has unhinged her. 
And that's the last footage that anybody has of Lisa alive, was the footage of her in the elevator. Hotel guests suddenly began experiencing such low water pressure that the hotel's management promptly checked the infrastructure of the hotel. Two weeks after the odd video of her in the elevator was released, maintenance worker Santiago Lopez found Lamb's body floating in one of the hotel's water tanks on February 19, 2013, which means Lamb's body had been decomposing for nearly a month in the hotel's rooftop water system. Is there footage of her getting off the elevator? At the like, So we see her get on, but does is, is the footage also show her leaving at some point? It shows her walking off the elevator, I believe. Okay. And after that, nothing. We don't have any other footage of her leaving the hotel, any other footage of like maintenance corridors or well, anything she, like she that. She never left the hotel, so. Uh, apparently. <laughs> um, That's yeah. weird. What about like maintenance, maintenance closets and stuff? No other footage had been released from surveillance that had anything pertaining to do with Elisa. And this is like a water tower on top of the building, right? Yeah, so the, the, the CISA Hotel has a network of water reserve tanks uh, since it's an older hotel um, that it uses to push the water down to its guests. Sounds like the guests were getting some tainted water. Yeah, no thank you. But it's unclear how Elisa died. Authorities found no evidence of physical trauma in her autopsy report, and the coroner could not assess a clear cause of death. According to the L.A. Fire Department, the tank in which Lamb was found had to be drained completely and cut in order to fit her body inside of it. She was discovered wearing the same clothes she had in the elevator surveillance footage, and her body barely had any blood in it due to the decomposition. Lamb also had all of her personal belongings and her room card with her, floating near her lifeless body. How'd she get in the water tank? That is the mystery. If the water had to be drained for her to be to even be able to get into it, how how is that possible for her to even if she was to commit suicide, right? Because it sounds like this this hotel has a lot of, of suicide. Like even if she tried to kill herself or drown herself in the water tank, how would she get herself up there or in yeah. there? So her parents, David and Yenna Lamb, filed a wrongful death lawsuit against the CISA Hotel, but the hotel's lawyers argued that the establishment had no reason to think that someone would be able to get into one of the water tanks. Well, then, then she was murdered, right? Lopez confirmed that statement by explaining that in order to get into the water tanks, several alarms had to be turned off and someone would have to climb a few ladders to reach the very top. If any alarms had been triggered, the front desk would have been alerted as well as the first two floors of the hotel. Whoa, so so in order to in order to access these water tanks, security measures have to be turned off, but then the hotel gets alerted when those measures are turned off. Yes. And no measures were alerted. Nobody no was it just not turned off? Did somebody like haul her body up the, the ladder and toss her in? Is that even possible with these types of tanks? I, I'm calling murder. That's what I think. But how, how would somebody accomplish that too? Ultimately, the lawsuit was dismissed by the L.A. Superior Court, ruling that her death was unforeseeable as no guests were granted access to the water tanks. The only explanation is the notable findings in the toxicology report 
showed that multiple medications were in her system to treat her bipolar disorder, but no presence of alcohol or illegal drugs were in her body at the time. So she was bipolar, hmm. medicated, but nothing else is really jumping out as it, to... The, the security footage didn't show anybody following her. She's looking for somebody, but it doesn't seem like there's anybody else there. So only, she's looking at these invisible spirits or something, these invisible forces? Only one person saw her prior to her death, uh, which is a woman named Katie Orphan. She's the owner of the last bookstore, which Lamb walked into and purchased presents to take back to her family back home. Orphan told CBS Los Angeles it seemed like Lamb had plans to return home, plans to give things to her family members and reconnect with them. Right, so definitely suicide is ruled out because she's not acting as if she would commit suicide. Sure, but there there are other instances where people have not had any sort of, like, hey, you know, I'm going to commit suicide, but then still do that, or hmm. at least it's ruled a suicide. So, I don't know, that's, for 2013, having all of this information, this technology at your hands, and no alarm was triggered, no security footage caught her. Like, this could, one, be a huge lawsuit for the hotel because their safety measures did not keep someone safe. Or two, is some sort of inside job at somebody at this hotel. That's what I think. I think it's an inside job. It's somebody at the hotel who had access to the security system, to the alarms, was able to turn them off without alerting anybody else. Does it say anywhere in, like, the police report where there was missing footage somewhere? No. Well, so like that. The, only, the only conclusion that the officials came to was that they had no persons of interest and the case was officially documented as accidental. Because yeah, she was passing through, right? She, L.A. was a stop. Mm-hmm. So she wouldn't know anybody. No. So the, And it doesn't seem random. It's a mysterious circumstance around a mysterious death. The other, the other thought is, if it's not murder, right? If it's if it's not suicide, if it's not murder, the only other thought is, so many people have done bizarre things in the past that maybe something more supernatural is at work, maybe something demonic or something possessive, uh, maybe a poltergeist or something like that that's possessing these people to do bizarre, crazy things like throw your baby out, like like birth your baby and then throw it out the window or, you know, slit your own throat. Like those are some pretty bizarre cases. Maybe there's some type of demonic presence that is possessing these, you know, these people. And Elisa is one of those people that... She's maybe her her bipolar disorder makes her more uh, susceptible to possession or something like that. That's the only thing that I... Was there anybody... What was the closest event that happened to her, like prior to her? It would have been when one of the serial killers had lived there. And that was what year? Uh, Back in the 1980s. I'm sure that there were other events between 1980 and 2013. They just either were undocumented or I didn't find them in my research. I'd be curious if there are more, because um, otherwise this is a long span, mm-hmm. t- like time span, of nothing happening for you know forty years. Mm-hmm. The only conclusion that I came to that really makes a whole lot of sense: evil resides at the Cecil. It lives in the walls there. Something is off. 
paranormally, supernaturally, spiritually about this place. And that because of Elisa's bipolar disorder, she fell victim to the influence that it weighed on her, causing her to act erratically, see things that weren't there. Um, Even though she had, by all appearances, the intentions of going home to see her family, she never made it. And then mysteriously ended up in this secure water tank that nobody's supposed to get into for a month. In, in the paranormal world, isn't there something with like electromagnetic magnetic fields or um, some sort of like natural thing, whether it's man-made um, or some sort of substance that can cause you to um, kind of be disoriented at times? Can it cause you to... To, um... There are things called ley lines uh, that crisscross all over the globe latitudinally and long- uh, longitudinally, um, dotting monuments and natural landforms, carrying along rivers of supernatural energy. Yeah, I'd be curious if something like that was in the vicinity of this hotel or next door if there's a coffee shop or something next door that all these people may have gone through that, I don't know, that... It's just very, very strange for somebody to be acting that way, uncoerced or or something affected them. Yeah, I definitely think that you know, I, I feel like I feel like there's something a little more sinister at work here with this hotel. Um, I don't, you know, I am I'm a little more on, on the belief belief of something supernatural happening. To Elisa, because I I like to think that. <laughs> sure, but this is so weird and bizarre. Yeah, I almost want to say it's hard to not think it's supernatural because there's been multiple instances of similar occurrences. But also, I I wonder if somebody is, um, you know, is taken over by a demon or. Um, they're not inside their right mind or they're being controlled by something that they do things without them really realizing it, their natural self realizing it. Hmm. But it's almost too many instances, even just in the four or five that you told us about, where that would almost be very unlikely. As you were winding down your story, I, I just kept getting this inkling that for some reason this story seems familiar to me. <laughs> Uh, about a month or so ago, I was just watching random B horror movies and I came across a movie called followed, uh, came out in 2018 and Jeremy, I think you might've successfully, successfully found a, a, a topic or a story that literally hits all three categories, true crime, supernatural, and now the grim story behind because the, the movie followed is about a, a group of, uh, of, you know, vlog, social media influencers trying to get more followers. And so they stay at, at a haunted hotel that has security footage of a girl in an elevator acting strange. And that's kind of the premise of why they go to this haunted hotel and they, they stay the night and a lot of weird stuff happens. But it's basically changing names and changing the name of the hotel and stuff. It's basically the Elisa Lamb story. I didn't realize it until I just put it together right now. But in that movie, the supernatural side of it was she did something on the 
elevator numbers that created some sort of dimension and that if you do it in the right sequence you'll go to another dimension and uh, it was pretty awful it was a terrible movie you gotta love b-horror it, movies it man. was really bad i'm sorry if you made that movie and you're listening to this podcast but it was really bad it's always like a uh, it just seems like a stretch of yeah. the imagination yeah big far. stretch but it had it did, it did have some really good jump scares and some good you know supernatural horror elements like you know if you do the sequence of numbers correctly uh, a, a creepy girl will, sh- will show up behind you and you don't you don't look at her and stuff like that or else you'll die it's kind of fun kind of fun fun horror movie it's amazing Campy. yeah it's amazing how many hotels are haunted or have some sort of story like this mm-hmm. i've always wanted to stay in a haunted hotel um I've, I've always wanted to find a, a good one that has, you know, a lot of cases of people who have experienced things, like, f- from recent history, people who've gone to the hotel and who've experienced things. There's a hotel, in, uh, I think, in Savannah. That yeah, there's several in Savannah. That would be cool to start. Well, since you said that I picked a story that hit on all three, I wanted to make sure that we ended season one with a bang. That's good. Which I think we did. That's a good story. I'm going to have to do a little more research on it and see. Yep. I want to see this video. I want to pull it up here in a second. Yeah, me too. Well, listeners, thank you so much for joining us for season one. It has been phenomenal, and we cannot wait uh, to join you guys for season two. Yeah, come on back. We're going to be coming back in uh, 2021 with some brand new episodes and uh, bring back some some special guests that joined us this past season. Yeah, and guys, uh, feel free to leave us some comments, leave us some posts on our Facebook, Instagram page of stories that you may, may have heard or would like us to uh, research and look into. And just remember, not every grim story is a fairy tale. This episode was written by Jeremy Thompson with discussion from Joey Thompson and Brian McIntyre and was recorded at Starscream Studio. Grayson over at Starscream is an incredible producer and engineer, so be sure to visit starscreamstudio.com for all your tracking and recording needs. Additional audio support by Will Compton and original music composed by Nick McClure. Be sure to subscribe, and when you do, drop a line in the comments and say hi. We want to hear your grim stories, too. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next episode.